We are joined by our good friend, Peter Dunn. Peter, hello. Hello, Tim. How are you? Excellent. So, um, I, I see that uh, in the week that was, the budget, Grant Robertson summoned up the ghost of the mother of all budgets, Ruth Richardson. Um, I was wondering whether this budget might be the disgruntled grandchild. What do you reckon? Well, look, I think it's a bit of an unfair comparison, really. It's 30 years have passed by. I think a lot of what has passed under the bridge since then. But it was a useful market for him, I suppose. I think the test of this budget will be if in 30 years' time people are still talking about it. Well, do you think people are still going to be talking about it? Because I wondered whether we'd almost forget about it in a week's time. I think we will. I think, obviously, for most people, it was a non-event. I think for those people who, you know, the beneficiaries who will gain from it substantially, they'll certainly look forward to the 1st of July and the 1st of April next year. But at the same time, of course, as they get more money in the hand, their costs are also going up, rent, housing, uh, travel, accommodation, all those sorts of things. So it's, it's a bit of give with one and take with the other. Well, that's the problem, isn't it, with some of the government's policies with um, real estate and maybe the increase in rents and things like this. Is this actually going to make much of a dent in the child poverty problem? I think, I think it will in the immediate term, but longer term, you know, the, the change has got to be sustained because while it looks good now, $55 more by April next year, uh, inflation and various other things will eat into that, and in three or four years' time, we might be back where we started. So I think if the government wants to move down this path, it's got to be prepared to make significant adjustments on a much more regular basis than has been the case to date. It seems for a while the conversation about debt has was out of the spotlight, and it's sort of come back in because people have been thinking, well, how much are we going to owe? I mean, are you concerned with the levels of debt that we're racking up? Well, in one sense, no. In another sense, yes. I'm not concerned because by world standards, our debt levels are still very low. But on the other hand, I am concerned that they're being shoveled not to our generations, but to future generations to pay back. And I look at my grandkids, for instance, and worry about the impact these levels of debt repayment will have on their opportunities for the future in terms of expectations out of education and health. So that worries me that, that you know we've been through a period where we've tried to live within our means within one generation. Now we seem to be back to shoveling debt onto future generations. And uh, I'd have thought our last experience of, of that wasn't sufficiently promising to indicate we should repeat it. Because there's been the Australian budget out and they've sort of splashed the cash around. Is that because they're at a different stage of the electoral cycle or should we be looking at them going, hmm, maybe we should have seen a bit more for productivity? Well, a little bit of both. Australia's due for an election, I think, this time next year. So they're obviously gearing up for um, clearing the decks for that. But Australia's always been more expensive when it comes to big spending programs by the federal government than we have. But then again, bear in mind, a lot of activity in Australia is undertaken by state governments, not federal governments. So it's it's, it's a little bit of a false comparison. Uh, But I think the Australians are clearly uh, eyeing the federal election, which will be by this time next year, probably could even be as early as late this year. Okay, moving on to ACT, uh, who have announced some of their education policy. And they've announced this... Um, just a, a, about half an hour ago, I think, announced a Teaching Excellence Reward Fund with an annual fund of $250 million uh, for rewarding teachers who are excellent. Is this a good idea? Well, I think it is in principle, but I think it's got some fish hooks in practice. I think that, I mean, that clearly recognises what, what, what I think is a real problem and that it's very difficult and a very heavily unionised and organised structure within teaching for good teachers to be substantially rewarded. We've had the whole argument about performance pay, etc. So they're trying to get around this and by creating this fund and saying it will be at the discretion of individual principals as to who qualifies. 
And I think that's where the problem is, because some principals will uh, use it entirely as intended. Others will use it to back their favourites within schools uh, and sort of promote their friends, etc. You know, you know, their, their um, sort of friends in inverted commas. Mm. And I think that's where it could get into some difficulty. Uh, I accept the point that ACT makes that if you try and apply this from the centre, then you'll get it hijacked by the unions. I think that's dead right. But I just think there will be a, a practical difficulty that's left entirely to principals who will come under extraordinary pressure either not to use it or to use it to reward people in a particular way. And that could be its undoing. Uh, separating the, the, perhaps, I don't know if you can separate the unions from teachers themselves, but do you think there'll be a lot of teachers out there who think, actually, you know what, yeah, I mean, my colleague is, you know, who get on the same pay as me, pretty much comes to school to eat, eat his or her lunch, whereas I'm working my butt off here. I love this policy. Do you think it's going to be popular with teachers? Yes, I do, for that very reason. And I know from my discussions with teachers over the years, uh, you know, the official position from the teachers' unions was there's no such thing as a bad teacher. Talk to individual teachers and they can very quickly tell you in their particular school who the good and the bad teachers are and who should be being rewarded and promoted and um, singled out and who shouldn't be. So I think this will be popular with them. I think it will give them also some more incentive to work towards. But then you come back to the pressure that's going to be on principals in terms of how they mm. administer it. And I think that that's where it could come up, like if I say. Yeah. Just, just one final question. How do you think it'll play out with the public? I think on the whole the public will be happy with it. Because I think the public have a view, which I certainly share, that we don't do enough to reward our best teachers and that we need to be doing a lot to keep them basically in their schools where they can be delivering good education to their kids. So I think this will be popular with parents and that could create some pressure on the teacher unions to sort of come along with it and even if it's accepted in a modified form. Because you know a lot of people I talk to have been over the years very frustrated that their kids get good teachers and suddenly they leave to go and do something else altogether because they don't see the money in there. So this will be, I think, something that they will think will be one way of helping to keep those good teachers in their local schools. Politics Central.